Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Stand by lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Happy New Year. Oh, wait. It was New Year last year or last week. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, when you front load a little bit, sometimes you forget how time works. Well, we hope that, you know, this is second week of January. So by now, maybe you're not writing 21 on, on any of your dates anymore. I doubt it. But, you know, we're here. It's the year 2022. And have we got a fun show for you today. By the way, this is the podcast Pretend World's Real People. My name is Stephanie. I am one of your hosts. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> Still giggling. Um, I, uh, cause I'm going to be one of those people that doesn't write 22 until March. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep writing, but I feel like this year is easier because you have a one and you can just instantly move it into like a Z shaped two. Oh yeah. 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 You could you get away just, with that. That's, um, that is a good point. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm that's like, fair. just my facial muscles are exhausted from this episode from laughing oh, so I know. much <laughs> this was a good this was so much fun I mean they're all good ones but yeah. like sometimes you're like you just don't know and how funny it's gonna be or how awesome someone's gonna be and and this was great yeah yeah th- this uh this was a fantastic recording and I think much needed uh after because we're recording it essentially the Monday after Christmas so mm-hmm. I don't know I I feel like I've had a long week of just work mm-hmm. and, and people. But what what about you? How are you? How are you feeling with your post weekend? I'm doing okay. I um uh yeah. I mean, we had Christmas Eve and Christmas off from from the shows, so it wasn't enough time to go home. So I just kind of hung out at my house. Um, so I don't feel as overwhelmed because I also wasn't visiting a bunch of people and um, and stuff like that. So, um, I'm actually, you know, this upcoming week is going to be what's most interesting because it'll be the first, first full week of shows that we've had since we've opened. Um, and it's new years and all that kind of stuff coming up. Um, so I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. But (laughs) sorry, I just, just a line of cocaine. Yeah. Mike. (laughs) <laughs> in, case, in case you heard it oh, my nose good. has been bleed my nose has been bleeding enough recently it's so dry here right now it's crazy like, dry i I, th- I said it in the last episode hopefully it's changed we're going to time travel hypothetically but yeah hasn't has yet to snow uh in, yeah. in the denver metro area which is yeah the no, weirdest that's not true. thing we had like an inch did we at least i did did you guys not get any snow? What? Not recently. It was like a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you I got mean, it. And then up by us, because we were a little bit further north, it was right. just, it was like light rain. rain? Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I really have become like an inverted Grinch because I wanted a really yeah. holiday festive month and it just didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, working at VAR as always. Woo. Uh, Pam and Deuce and my bills but i'm still working on pre-production for 
the second season of my web series, Marvels. Uh, this season, we're tackling the restaurant and service industry, which is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, most of this last month has been dedicated to basically just trying to talk to family and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, keep in touch with everybody. Christmas is great. Uh, yeah, I, I got I got I got nothing. I feel like it's just all it's all a blur, much like yeah. this. This episode was a blur. I think mm-hmm. we recorded like 90 minutes or so of like actual yeah. recording and it felt like it went by so quickly. I just, I don't know. It, it was fantastic. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a massive fan since the first episode aired and I was 13 in 2005. I'm a massive fan of It's Always Sunny. Uh, I love that show. It's just, it's, it's my favorite show of all time. And I'm a massive fan of Mythic Quest. So I wanted to see if, I could get one of the writers and this writer in particular was somebody that really stood out to me because she wrote my favorite episode of mythic quest, which was, you know, a, a dark, quiet death. If you have seen that episode, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, please go check it out. Uh, but we invited Kato McEhan. Uh, oh my God. I can't believe I just butched that intro. Uh, we yep. invited, I'm going to edit, I'm going to edit that out. We invited Katie McElhenney onto the show uh, who is one of the staff writers for It's Always Sunny and for Mythic Quest. But uh, we get to learn more about how she ended up there and you know, sort of what her approach to the writing process is, the fact that she had a career before she became a staff writer and really you know, working in the industry and where she's going next. Not only that, she's, she's fucking hilarious. She's awesome. <laughs> she's great. We had the best time. Yeah, I, I feel like you know, we're digital friends within five minutes because she, mm-hmm. she didn't, she didn't walk into it like an interview, you know, just we're, yeah. we literally are just sitting here chatting and I don't know, we, we had a blast. My face is red and hurting from laughing so much and ah, oh, it was just a joy. So uh, yeah, let's introduce Katie McElhenney. Guest of the hour, week, and year, we have Miss Katie <laughs> McElhenney here on the show. Miss Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Oh, I, we uh, <laughs> it was pre-recording, but um, for those of you who are listening, I'm I'm on a sugar rush. It sounds like Katie is also on a on a sugar rush from holiday. And treats. now I feel like I need to go eat a bunch of sugar <laughs> so I can join the other two. <laughs> okay, I think I'm closer to the crash than the rush. So. Uh-huh. Oh no, oh no, we got to speed this up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Katie, we know who you are and what you do, but can you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Uh, I am, I mean, that's, that's an existential question. <laughs> um, I am a writer for television and uh, some screenwriting and um I don't, I mean, I don't even know who are any of us really? <laughs> <laughs> going into 2022. I mean, if that is the question, I don't know yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to finding out. That's the best way to look at it. <laughs> that might be the best answer we've had this entire run. <laughs> uh, um. So what kind of, uh, maybe to elaborate, like, are, who are you currently writing for or what are your past credits and stuff so we can kind of get a sense of sure. all of that. Um, so currently I'm writing for season three of Mythic Quest, which is on oh, Apple cool. and um, started with them season one kind of as a contractor. That's that's its own story. How I, That's really how I ended up getting into writing was through Mythic Quest. Um, and I also write for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, 
And I recently got in, gotten into doing some um, movie rewrites, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and, but this is all a world that's, that's, everything I do is kind of like a first, which has been really mm. interesting because I'm, I'm new to this field. So that's been a really kind of exciting time over the last couple of years of, of finding out what the industry has to offer and all the ways that you can get yourself involved in it. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of work with great people and, and have just to be able to see this whole process. I mean, I was a consumer of media my whole life and then to see how it actually works and to be a part of it has been just a fascinating learning experience and, and something that I'm really glad that I sort of fell into sort of rode a nepotism rocket to get to where I am, which is, which is a helpful mode of transportation in this industry. Um, but it's, it's been really, it's been really fantastic. So, I, I mean, you said you're a consumer of, of media and pop culture. Have you always had somewhat of an interest to maybe write something or get into that part of the industry? No, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of interesting. I mean, I, we were, we were a family that we didn't watch TV after dinner. That was kind of the rule. Um, we talked before we started recording about how I had a, grew up with my dad and he had all these kids and, and a job. And I think he just needed that some, some rules and structure in, in the family. <laughs> so that was kind of one of them. Just yeah, no TV after dinner which is funny because all of his children have gotten into the entertainment industry in one way or another. So I, whether it was reverse psychology or not, I don't know, but that's kind of how we all, where we all ended up. But it was still a, I always wrote, I was, I was probably a bigger reader than I was a, a writer at that point, but I always, I always wrote terrible poems that I would like give to people as gift, like my grandmother before she, before she died, it was one of like, as she's kind of going back through her belongings, anything you gave to her, you started kind of getting back in her later years. She, she made it to 98. So she had a very good run. Wow. Um, and she, she had a book of poems that I gave her when I was eight or nine. And I mean, very much it, Shel Silverstein. That was just the, yes. I, it, good thing he wasn't litigious because I, I feel like they were, <laughs> it, it's, you move from an homage to just almost downright plagiarism, but you know, <laughs> it's a bad luck. So I was always into that kind of stuff. So that kind of writing. And I, my dream at that point was always to write a book and to be a published author. And I never, I mean, I, I knew, but we, I liked TV. I liked movies and, and that kind of fantasy escapism is, is big for me. But it just never occurred to me that, oh, people write these things. It's just, it just I just never made that connection. Um, so it really wasn't, wasn't something that I had my eye on. Um, and, uh, I did go into teaching. I was a teacher for 10 years and loved that everything from middle school down to preschool, which was phenomenal. <laughs> if you're having a bad day teaching preschool, then you're doing something very, very wrong. <laughs> uh, so loved all of that. Um, and then, yeah. And then, then kind of wanted to do some more focusing on writing and, and did that for a while and, and published a book in 2017, which was, it's just a YA fantasy nonsense book, but that was kind of where I, I saw all of this. And during the course of that, so my, uh, my brother is Rob McElhenney, who's associated with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Mythic Quest, which may sound familiar from me mentioning that I write for those shows. <laughs> um, and he, he had for years had said, you know, come out and, and I, write. I was living in Philadelphia at the time. So, you know, come out and, and write for Sunny. But it would just, I didn't see myself in that world. And it just felt too big. It was, it was already 
eight seasons in, nine seasons in, when he was really kind of talking about that. And I was like, I, I don't know what that world is. I'm, I'm picturing, you know, what I'm assuming like the, the golden girls writing room is with like guys at typewriters with like a cigarette hanging out of their mouth. And just like, <laughs> how do you, I, that's not for me. I don't even see how I could do that. And, um, so, and then when Mythic Quest started, he was like, well, you're out of excuses. So this is, you can't say that this is, you're afraid because it's too big. He's like, it's, it's not, a, it's not even anything yet. So come and see what you think. So the first year of Mythic Quest was, I was actually just a contractor. I wasn't a, a staff writer at that time. And I loved it. Um, I was contracted to be there three days a week. Of course, I was there every day um, and then ended up getting to write a script, which was huge because I, I just fell in love with the whole process and to be able to do that was really exciting. That's how, that's how all this happened. So cool. That's insane. It's such a such a windy <laughs> journey too. Yeah. It's like journey. It, and it's it's very inspiring because it's one of those things of like you can always change course and you can always go back to what your younger dreams were and stuff. But um I do feel like I've never seen Mythic Quest, unfortunately, but I've seen lots of Always Sunny. Um, and I do feel like transitioning from preschool to writing for Always Sunny is a very <laughs> different spectrum. <laughs> it is. What's so wild about it too is that I I that it's been now a while since I've I've been teaching. And one of my really good friends, her I taught her son. So it, it was a community preschool that was within a school for the deaf in Philadelphia. So a lot of the kids that we had, their parents worked at the school. So their, their first language, even though they were hearing their first language was ASL. So it was great to have that, that kind of transition, especially for their early years of school. So one of my friends who was a co-teacher with me, and then I taught her son, we were texting when I first got the job at Sunny and, and she told her son, who is now, I think he might be a freshman in college or at least a senior in high school and said, you know, do you remember Miss Katie? Well, she writes for funny. And then she said, she goes to do something. She looks back and he's texting and she's like, there's no, you know, there's no phones at the table. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, I have to tell my friends that my preschool teacher <laughs> writes for Sunny. So it's been on so long that kids I taught in preschool are now sort of around the TVMA. Right. <laughs> they're, they're cleared. Right. So yeah, so it's, it's really, it's really funny that like, yeah, that I'm writing for such an irreverent show and went from <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like little bunny foo-foo. And then next you're, you're writing a, <laughs> you're writing for a show that has very much. You're just using out. all of that for like any time Charlie Day is like on a trip, right? Yeah. You're just like reverting him it back to preschool. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean I, any I think that I think everybody should have to teach preschool at some point because it is sure. it's just humans at their at their most pure. So it's, it's all the things, it's the core of who you are and who humans are until you start adding layers, like, like an everlasting gobstopper. But the part, like the, that part is still there. And so, that, you know, they're street shooters. They're for better or for worse. They're, you know, all, all of these things that it just helps you to just appreciate adults better when you've learned to manage tiny humans. So it's, I think it helps in just really any any work situation where you've got personalities and and you're, you know, it's just like, well, that's that sounds like you have big feelings. So let's dig into that in, in our mature adult setting and talk about why we all have such big feelings. And maybe we all need <laughs> a snack and a nap and then we can come back and regroup. But it's, it really, it's, it's, there's a direct correlation. I love it. <laughs> so is so there true. like, you know, going from that environment, like you just said, 
uh, bringing that into sort of the, the adult zeitgeist, when you are in a writer's room, especially from a staff writing perspective, have you found that you have, uh, I guess, more of an ability to, I don't want to say control the room, but to sort of monitor distractions or make sure people are <laughs> in some way focusing on what you guys need to do in that setting using, you know, those years of experience as a teacher? Um, it does make me hold on to corners of the table. If anybody tries to like lean down, I'll make sure that, you know, no one's going to bump their heads, but I, I think it, it's still, it's still me. So even though I have those experiences, it, the, the bigger help, I think more than, than the teaching background, which I think just helps you in life in general is that I came into it older. So I, I don't know for all of his, his pushing to get me into it. I, I don't know if I would have been ready when I was in my, my twenties or even my early thirties to do this job. Because I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert, or at least I'm in, in the sense that I do love people, but it depletes my meter. So I, it, it does take some, because I'm also, I think that why I got into the teaching too, is I am a caretaker and I am a people pleaser and you know all that kind of stuff. So to get over that to a point where you can say your ideas to a crowd and know that sometimes it's, it's to crickets and you're like, Ooh, okay. All right, I'm just not gonna like, and we're down, we're, we're under the table, and we're never coming back. Um, which you still may feel that, but you don't, you know, you don't act on it. So I don't know if I would have been just comfortable enough in, in myself and and what I could bring to it when I was younger. So that was kind of helpful to get into it a little bit older. So I think that more than anything has been has been helpful. Um, yeah, I, I and and I've also had just really great mentors in the rooms that I've been in. So all of the rooms have been fantastic. Everybody is really helpful and rooting for each other. And the, the idea that like all ideas are welcome. So we didn't hire you to be quiet. <laughs> so put it out there because this is, this is why we, we need all the ideas and then we can root through them and, and sift and find out what's gonna work best for everybody. But having people like, like my brother, like Megan Gans um, and David Hornsby who are, are kind of the, the main writers in the room, they're just, they're just great people and really helpful and their styles are different, but they both get the job done or all three of them get the job done. So that's been really helpful and, and inspiring, just how to navigate this world with people who are not only really capable, but are rooting for you. Is it pretty common uh, to have a wide range of ages in a writer's room or is it and, and, you know, on a show that's run so long as Sunny, like, does it filter out and do new people join regularly? Or does it kind of like, once you've hit that sweet spot, you just ride it for as long as possible? I mean, I only have the experiences that I have, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. And the things that I've been in have been pretty uh, diverse in ages and genders and backgrounds and things like that, which is really nice. Um, so that's the only thing I can kind of speak to. But it's, there are some people who have been in the rooms for every year that I've been in there, but it also, because there's no, it's kind of the wild west when it comes to filming schedules and writing schedules. It's not like this steady pilot season and then every show has 24 episodes. You can kind of plan your life around that. It's, it's just not. So you're, you're because I'm on a, on a show that involves the same people, it's nice because you know that they're just gonna kind of be opposite of each other and they're not going to overlap because there's too many of the same players that are involved, but that's not true for everybody. So you may get offered a job that is going to be 20 weeks and another job that's only going to be eight, 
or 10 and it's, well, do you not take a job that is going to employ you for double the time? Or, or it's already, you said yes to something because you didn't know what the shooting schedule or the writing schedule was going to be. And you already commit to it. And there's some understanding of that. I think, I think showrunners and, and other writers in the room understand that, but at the same time, you don't want to burn bridges. So um, it's, it's a little bit of piecing together and, and kind of like holding out for as long as you can, if that's the, the room that you really want to be in. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's changed pretty dramatically over the last couple of years, just because there's so many opportunities now and different ways that things write and film. And I will say you wrote um, one of my favorite episodes of Mythic Quest by far, which was uh, A Dark Quiet Death. And I, I did want to ask when it came to uh, or when it comes to writing for you know either show, whether you're writing it simultaneously or separately, uh, what sort of, I guess, obstacles do you have writing for this one or the other, knowing that they are two, uh, two shows that have you know similar roots? But I feel like they're almost completely different in the way the comedy is delivered. And like, they're both fantastic, but you know, It's Always Sunny is, is irreverent and crazy. And uh, what do they call it? Seinfeld on crack. It still is. Uh, and then you have <laughs> Mythic Quest, which is just this great sort of uh, comedic uh, drama program set within, you know, a video game studio. So what is it like navigating uh, essentially two different profiles as a staff writer at that point? Initially, the conversations are really different that you start to have. Um, the process ends up being pretty much the same, but the conversations are a little bit different. So for Sunny, we, the first solid week or so, um, which always feels like it's longer. It's like, I don't know if any of you have ever gone to sleepaway camp, but everything's just real. And that's why people have camp friends because you're just together all the time. For the, <laughs> even though it's, it's truncated, it's just like people are sobbing at the end of a week because just well, you've just been trapped with everybody for, for this amount of time. And that's kind of how writer's rooms feel where it's, you're just intensely with these other people for a short amount of time and you just kind of lose days. <laughs> you're just, so it's the first week, but it's, God, was it only a week? And yet also that was, that was a week. It's, it's just a really weird playing of time. Um, so for Sunny, it's just a lot of blue skying where you just, it, here's situations that would be funny for the characters to get into or you know what what are we given given what the state of the world is or things that have come up just in the zeitgeist or in in pop culture or whatever's kind of going on it's been on so long that now we can look at things that we can revisit from before and it's how we've been our characters because they don't grow or change they kind of reset but the world grows and changes so how do they then react to that which has been wonderful to be able to do over all these seasons where they can look back and say oof, <laughs> that, that's something that happened, but it's, it's, and them apologizing for it, but apologizing for it for the wrong reasons. It's because <laughs> them. it's not like, yeah. it's the, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. We could get in trouble for it. So we need to change because of fear, not because of, oh my gosh, that was wrong. Thank God we can now be proactive and no, that's just not those characters. So that's, what's been really fun about that. So you just kind of throw out things. So like this season, it was my, my family and I, uh, my dad and my three brothers went to Ireland for the year before the pandemic. We, it was my dad's 70th birthday. So we, we went back to Ireland and we just had such a great time and, and saw with none of us had, had been there, especially as a group before. And so that kind of brought, got brought up in the sunny room because my Rob and I were talking about the Ireland trip and wouldn't that be great? And what would these characters kind of do? And people talk about, had brought that up before because there's obviously the, the tie-in. So 
that, you know, just those like big ideas. And then, okay, well, if they went to Ireland, what's kind of something that would happen? And those four episodes this season were a little bit more of an arc than we generally see from these characters, unless it's a two-part episode, which happens every once in a while. But the whole point of those characters is to reset them. Because if they grow or change, then it kind of defeats the, the purpose. Because then, then the joke is less on them. So that's kind of where you always want to keep it and why that show has been successful because they're always wrong. And <laughs> if they're arguing two different sides of something, how are you both still wrong? But they are, and that's, that's the beauty of it. Because you just, you just keep the joke not on, on them and just their reactions to it and how wrong they are. Whereas with Mythic Quest, it's okay. We, gotta, we need to look at arcs. So how does the season play out for all the characters? We want people to change and grow because that's drama. And it's, are people growing in the same directions? Are they growing apart? Are they growing together? Are they growing differently? Are they growing at different rates? Because that's, that's, that's what makes it, you know, the human-based drama and the comedy that, that can come from that. So we're now, we were two weeks into the season three, it, just the way the timing shook out. We were two weeks and now we're off for two weeks for Christmas and then we'll be back again um, the fourth or the third. So, it's the, then the conversations those two weeks have really been, all right, what are, we, what are we doing? We kind of blew everything up at the end of season two intentionally. And now how do we put it back together in a way that feels satisfying and gives everybody some, some space to move? Um, so that's been really, that's, it's just two very different processes. Um, but the, the general way it, it'll eventually shake out is the same, but these initial conversations are very different. And <laughs> it, yeah, Mythic Quest, it made me cry in certain episodes, just just full on tearing because you're so connected to these characters. But then I think back to <laughs> this latest season, It's Always Sunny with Lethal Weapon 7 and Max saying he's going to step back from his, you know, his uh, his Murtaugh role because that's the responsible thing to do. But he thinks that the only way to not be racist and our blackface is to be applauded for it. Yeah, so I, I think of I'm waiting for applause. Yeah, I'm waiting for, no, we're not going to applaud you for not being racist. Then why am I doing it? I, that, I think of, like, I think that's why It's Always Sunny has been my favorite show since I was 13 when the first episode came out. Uh, why I became a writer in the first place. And then Mythic Quest, it's sort of continuing that, that line by giving you just so much more substance to these characters and having them grow. It's just, it's, it's so refreshing. So uh, yeah, that's that's just incredible looking at it that way as, you know, it's always sunny, never grows up and <laughs> Mythic Quest does grow. I don't know. It's I, I'm fanboying out on my own little tangent. So, uh, Steph, can you take over? Because that was just really cool. <laughs> I am curious, you know, um, just thinking about especially with comedy, like not every episode hits it, right? Everyone is like, oh, that episode was terrible, you know, terrible, especially when you have a, such a huge fan base or whatever. Do you in the writer's room, and as a collective, not necessarily you specifically, ever kind of have a feeling like this episode's just not as good as, as we wanted it to be? Or like, do you kind of ever feel like the pressure of, well, we kind of just have to give you what we've got and then hopefully, you know, the next one we're all going to feel a little bit better about? Um, no, I mean, I think we do try to, you know, we, we always try to, to bring our best to sure. it. You think it's going to work. And then right. a lot of, so whether it comes from writers are not blameless, so it could come from that. Or by the time it's getting filmed, there's, there's a lot of, or it's, it's edited, not the way that the, you had thought it was going to, or, or sometimes it just doesn't 
click. You, 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 you yeah. think it's going to obviously, and then it, it doesn't. I think it's different when you are, you only have 10 episodes to do because you can really, as best you can, you know, just sand off the edges and try and retry and, and go through as many drafts as you need to, as opposed to having to crank out 24 episodes where it can be really chaotic and you're writing as it's being, you're writing the next episode as this is going. So there's people on set, writers are on set watching what's happening. So maybe you can add something and it's a little bit more chaotic. Um, so we, we get to avoid some of that. Um, but, but there are times where things do then change as things are being shot, where the writer has turned in their scripts it's you're now on to the next thing while production is happening. Sometimes you can be tend to be on set for your episode, but if you've got another job, then you can't be. Um, so sometimes you'll watch the season and you're you're looking at it and you're like, well, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, <wrote this> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't like right that just because things things changed on the other side and you weren't part of that conversation because you did your job. You you did the writers room. You broke the story. You worked on the outline. You wrote the script. You're kind of done at that point. Um, because things just happen, especially for something like Mythic Quest, where it's it's kind of as drafts are coming in and, and now we're seeing everything all together, as opposed to you you look at it as as the the spectrum of, of the season, but really now you're seeing everything written down and it's oof, we should we need to massage this a little bit, or or something happens while they're filming an episode and it's oh, that actually turned out really great. Let's lean into that for the next episode. So things do kind of as much as, as production will allow, because there's a lot of moving parts. There's no, you can't just come in and say, you can't pull an eye and grim and just say blood ocean. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, everybody's going to jump. Like but it's, things are in motion and you can't make those kinds of, of sweeps, but it does happen that, you know, things just, whole scenes will just get reshot or reconsidered or, you know, it, you don't really kind of know, but that definitely happens where it's an episode you wrote and it's just like, well, really? Okay. Did I? <laughs> I don't remember. And most of the time for the better. It's like, well, don't I sound good? I didn't write that, but I sound really smart. <laughs> I'll take the credit. So what, do you have a, it, we've asked a couple of writers the same thing. Do you have a certain writing process to sort of get your mind prepped? Do you say outline a whole lot? Do you just spit out a vomit draft of an outline? Like, what, what, what's your approach to writing in general? All the rooms that I've been in have been really good about, we do a pretty thorough break. So, and which is something everybody, typically you'll break up into smaller rooms to do that. So the, right now we're all kind of together through most of it. And there could be 10 people in the room, which honestly is not, that's not my favorite time in rooms. Cause again, it's just a lot of people and it's sometimes it feels a little double dutchy where you're just like, and, and nope, and nope, and nope. <laughs> we're very good at it anyway. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's harder because you're, you may be still product, like thinking on something and processing, but by then the conversation has moved on. So that can be a little bit trickier. Whereas with smaller rooms, it's, it's just like anything else, like, you know, giant zooms are difficult or giant, you know, just, just trying to get a lot of voices. This, when it's smaller, you have a little bit more think time. You have just a little bit more control of conversations. So in those rooms, you, we just do really thorough breaks where you, really plot everything out and it looks good. Maybe you share it. You have the other room come in and pitch it to them because it's some fresh eyes. Um, then, you know, you just kind of kind of kick it up the ladder and see, make sure everybody agrees. And then you move on to an outline. And again, we do pretty thorough outlines that you should be able to take this, hand it to anybody, even if they weren't in the room and they should be able to come up with a, a script for it. 
because it is the it is the playbook of how this this episode is going to go. And included in that sometimes is runs of like we do a big thing of joke runs and that really works. So that goes into the outline and you can pick those up and put them right into the script as you're writing, um, which is really helpful because it, especially most of the time you're in the room for all of that. And now you're taking that plus the amazing note taking by the writer's assistants in the room who are like giant unsung heroes of the whole process who take everybody's like squawking and turn it into something passable and, and organized. So you, now you have not only the outline, but kind of past conversations and that are organized and laid out for you to, to help trigger your memory. Um, and then you can, and if you're asked to then write that, that script, then you just get going. And for me, I, I, what is my process? Um, I like to, I, I'm one for, I like to work for long periods of time. So I'm not one for just dropping in let me just work on this for a little bit and then walk away from it. I'd like to clear a chunk of time to be able to get some stuff done. Um, I usually get a, this I mean, you asked, I usually get a, a, a decaf, an iced decaf vanilla latte because it makes me feel like a writer. Decaf? <laughs> decaf like oh, my decaf oh my God. It's really anybody that like, tell, you know, like I need coffee to wake up. Like it makes me like, I start believing in conspiracy theories if I have coffee. So I'm like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying I've never been on the moon. So how can you prove that anybody has been? It's like, it gets me real weird. So I don't get the jittery. I get like a little paranoid. and, and yeah. So, but that makes me feel like, I don't know. It's just, it's all it's all smoke and mirrors, you know, like anything that you can do. It's like a rally cap, you know, it doesn't really help that you turn your hat backwards and inside out, but it makes you feel like you're doing something. So that is my iced tea cap. And <laughs> it's so stupid. And it's like, mm -hmm, okay, I have this. And now I, I can like kind of set up my little writing nest and, and get started on it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I usually I'll have to send if I'm writing from home, which usually if you're off on script, you have a choice. You can come into the office and depending on the office and how cold it is, I will either mm -hmm. go in and write or because sometimes the just being around that energy is helpful. Other times it's the ultimate distraction. So if I'm at home, I will, I will take my dog to daycare because that's just a built in excuse to not do the work you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. And then, and then just kind of get, get started on it. And, um, I tend to, I write pretty fast um, just because I like to kind of get it all out. And then I go back and I read it out loud to myself. I have to always read it out loud because that also helps me check for typos because that's, that's, that's like a, that's its own level of anxiety of going to turn something in with a typo. Because um, yeah, you can, you can, a joke can't land and that's okay, but I can't put the wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> they can think I'm not funny, but they, they, I'll be damned if they think that I don't know grammar. So, um, yeah, so then I just kind of write that through and, and everyone's pretty great about, you know, like, like send it to us. We'll, we'll read it before, especially people that were in the room. Like, did I miss anything? Is how, how's this kind of landing for you? Or did, is there something else we talked about? Um, which is a nice checks and balance before it goes to Rob or, you know, kind of the next, or in Sonny's case, Rob, Charlie and Glenn will look at it. Um, and then they're also really gracious. It's, it's, it's like, well, can maybe rewrite this or rewrite this and or we've thought about it again and actually we want this to change so some it's not usually anything drastic but sometimes um so change this but it doesn't feel like oh god I, I failed you I didn't I didn't do it I mean I'm Irish Catholic so I always have that 
but it's like <laughs> you at least have you know you're like there it's it's just part of the process that like it's but it's not usually a page one rewrite it's like let's let's fix this or tweak this or um or they'll just do it because they also they still love the process of sitting around in an office and tweaking things and talking about it and making each other laugh so sometimes you hand, you turn it into them and then they'll they'll make the changes themselves sometimes big changes sometimes little which again it's what makes it an adventure to watch it later that's so fun <laughs> um, i'm still like losing my mind at decaf it's just posturing like i don't i don't know what just because you know, i walk around and like the ice makes the noise yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. hey if it works for you you it know like... progress i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know does any writer know <laughs> no no just... no it's, uh... everyone has their thing so that, and i've never heard of that before so i know <laughs> every writer listening to this is going to start drinking decaf like oh maybe she's yeah. gonna, like... <laughs> or they're gonna be like no this is my weird thing well, um, unless they want to drink tea, if, the, if they want me on caffeine then just be prepared for me to blast off and i i cannot tell you what you're gonna get i once in the room because this is another beautiful thing about being in writer's rooms which is very different from being in the education system is the availability of snacks everywhere all the time so we always have our you know the fridge has drinks in it and snacks and i had gotten it was towards the end of one of the days that we were writing and it was kind of a exhausting day and then you start you know it's time to go when when more people start leaving the table it's like let's go to the, it's a bathroom run or a snack run because everyone's just avoiding the obstacle that's ahead of them which is figuring out how to fix the story and I had gotten a, a drink that I thought was an Arnold Palmer which is like iced tea and lemonade together because it kind of looked like that and it's like oh this is this is this is like a nice little treat for myself little Arnold Palmer and I I drink it and then I was like oh I don't mm, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Something has gone horribly wrong. And I look at it, it's a yerba mate, which oh, no. I, I didn't know what that was. And like on the side of it, they have like the levels where it's like sleeping bear cub. And the next one is just like a playful grizzly. And the other one is just like claws to your face and like, <laughs> claws to your face. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I got to get out of here. <laughs> And then I'm driving home on, on like notorious LA traffic and I, I am like shaking. I am so like wired. It's stuck in traffic. I'm like, I'm going to have to abandon my car and run home. I don't know if I can, I don't know. I, and I can understand how you hear those stories that back in the day of somebody eating like a pot brownie at a party, but not knowing yeah. and then calling the police being like, I can't. <laughs> I can't get out of my pants or whatever their issues. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, ma'am, you're okay. Just, <laughs> you probably had it. It's so just not knowing and being terrified. I did not know. So, oh my God. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> a fun time. I was like, so this is not, okay, this is not an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't taste like one, but I already opened it and, you know, you don't waste food. I powered through. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, you're getting a whole pack of those. I just, I, I don't know. No, I just, I'm picturing you running down the 405, like in between and the, and like, but from like the helicopter view yeah. where they're like, it's a police chase, but this woman is just running crazy. But I, in her car. I needed like the weighted net that they put yeah. on. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, please. 
shoot the weighted net at me. End this. It was, oh, it was terrible. And it was just, oh and God. all you can do is just wait it out. <laughs> Nothing you can do. <laughs> just to brought um, down free snacks. Uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, um, do you, especially being, you know, getting into the business later in your life and then, and not having like 20 years of experience, do you feel like you can see the growth that you've made, even just the, the amount of time that you have? And do you have a goal or, you know, somewhere that you're hoping to get to? I do. Yeah. I, I certainly see the growth. I mean, it, it's, and I don't sound, I don't say this to sound like flip or that, you know, I, I, to make light of it. I know a lot of people want to be exactly where I am and doing what I'm doing. And I'm extremely fortunate to have gotten in the way that I've gotten in. Um, but really, I mean, writing that first script, that dark, quiet death script, I was, I, I'd never used final draft. I didn't know how to like write a screenplay. So I had a lot of experience writing, but writing novels. So that I knew how to do. So I, I would write and I still do. Um, I write a lot of dialogue in word and then put it into final draft because final draft scares me. I'm just afraid I'm going to hit a wrong button. I'm going to lose everything. Everything is so formatted, especially if you're doing changes that, that somebody gave you and now you're doing an update and it's draft. It's like the Marigold revision. You're like, Matt, we're up to Marigold? What even is this? Because you know, every revision is a different color. So uh. you're like, chartreuse? Okay. And <laughs> I'm so afraid I'm going to do something that is then going to throw production into, into a tizzy. So I just have a lot of anxiety around it and I'm not totally confident in that. Um, so yes, so I do feel like going from, you know, Googling like comedy, script, writing, funny, how? To, you know, now being a little, at least a little bit more confident about it. We're, we're kind of realizing that a lot of people don't know the nuances, a lot of the programs. So that's been helpful. Um, I, because I didn't see this as a, as a career for myself, which I'm, I'm hoping... I know that everybody has a brother that they can remora themselves onto and, and ride through, <laughs> but it's uh, hopefully it's liberating for people too, to know that there, it, it'd be nice if there was a checklist of here's, if you do all of these things, you get to the end of this checklist and you are, you will be in a writer's room and that's, that's just how you do it. That implies that, that life and this industry is some sort of meritocracy, which it's not, unfortunately. Um, and while that would be nice, I'm a checklist person. And that would be nice to know that your goals have a, have a, this, this, and this way to do it. That's also not available to everyone. That's assuming that everyone would be able to access all of these various things to then get to the end goal. So it's nice that there is no one way to do it at the same time. So there's, there's still opportunities. It's just, you kind of have to keep working your hustle and it is, it does come down to who, you know, but not in a, I have to know the most famous person in the room because that's the only way I'm going to get in. There's a lot of ways to know people and a lot of ways to get your, your stuff out there and then just don't be a jerk. So it's like you get remembered for working. It really is like the work hard and be kind. It's, it really does take you a long way. It just may take you a long, long way to, mm -hmm. it's, it's not just they do this and then you're in. So that can be a little bit disheartening. So I don't mean to say any of that of, of like, oh, I don't know, you know, no, no plans really. But because I do, I want, I want to stay in this industry for as long as I can. I recognize the opportunity that I've been given and I want to hold on to it and earn it every, every day. So um, I'm discovering more and more what I can do within it, which is always really interesting that it's not just, well, there's, there's writer's rooms, but then there's, do you want to 
direct? Do you want to be a showrunner? Do you want to create your own stuff? Do you want to write, move into screenplays? Do you want to like what, be a ghostwriter, be a script doctor, be somebody who does the content themselves. Like there's so many different paths that you can take once you're in it that it just, it just blows my mind every day that there's so many different opportunities. And I also, I think what's helpful is that I had a whole career before this that I loved and I'm doing this and I love it. But I also know that if it went away, then I would do the next thing and probably love that. So I, I can go into it feeling at least taking that anxiety out of it, that I can, you can love a thing and love doing it while you're doing it and love it when you've moved on from it as well. So it's, that takes a little bit of the pressure off. Um, so I don't have to like, you know, <laughs> cling on with, with bloody fingernails. Although I do kind of feel that way because I want to stay into it as long as possible. Um, but it's also, I, I know that there's, there's just a big world out there as well. So um, I also love, I love still writing novels. I have, I wrote another novel that I have to do a second draft on and not, it's nothing may ever come of it, but I still like writing for my own enjoyment as well. And I don't want to lose that. Um, just, you don't want to get, you don't want to do the thing that you love and then it becomes a job and then you don't want to do it anymore. So having, you know, still feeling like I want to be creative and, and all that is, has been helpful and just meeting people and, and discovering this world that I didn't know existed. So it's every day kind of feels like an adventure. And it, you said it in the beginning that you were starting to work on a couple of, you know, movie rewrites as well. Did that just come out of the, the ether as like a, a really random opportunity? It, like, how are you navigating that? Cause that seems like a really big switch too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. Basically that, that it's, um, I just started having meetings um, and so my, I have a manager and which was new to me. I, I didn't have a manager for the first two years or so of, of doing this just because my jobs were all coming from the previous job. So got in for Mythic Quest and that led to Sunny and, and that was kind of moving along. And honestly, it was, it was the pandemic that I knew moving through it that a lot of people had a lot of time to write and get their acts together and then start to submit. And so, well, if I, if I have the opportunity to get some representation to kind of keep me in the mix, then this is probably the time to do that, to have somebody who can, who can say what, what trends are happening now that the industry has gotten so shaken up like the rest of the world did. Um, so through that, I was, I've been having a lot of general meetings where you just meet people and chit chat and that's always nice and it's over Zoom. So you, you don't have to worry about traffic. I'm chronically early. So it was always like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I have to be at this general at noon. So I should probably leave at 10. Makes no sense. And I'll just park and I'll be there. I mean, it's, it's because it, you never, you never know. So having, taking that factor out is really nice for a meeting that's only 50 minutes. So you, and you also just get to have a lot more so I can have them before work or after work if I was in the room and good conversations come from that. But a lot of it is just a to chit chat and then they write your name down somewhere that if something comes up but or if you you work on something and it sounds interesting to them you get the like well if it ever gets into good shape let us know and so it's nice to make contacts but sometimes things come of it sometimes they don't and but through one of those meetings um i met with a production company and they were wonderful and they had a project that they wanted to um that just needed some some kind of work and I met with a team through that. Look, we had our, our first meeting that went really well. Then they sent me the script. 
I liked it. Um, I pitched on how I thought it could change based on what they were telling me and then presented to the whole team. And then again, it was a go. So got to do that. And that was another one where it was like movie script writing. How? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all, it's just all smiles on a zoom. And that's a beauty. Like that'll be my memoir of like on a zoom, they can't see a sweat. Cause you're just like, Oh my God, just full, full sweat. And I get real, I get real Irish blush, like just real red face, but you put the, like the smoothing filter on the zoom. Oh yeah. Magic. Like you got makeup. <laughs> you got makeup and confidence. I, and I have neither. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me know. So that, that was really, it was, it was a great, and, and that's, so being willing to like challenge yourself. And that's something, it's advice that my, my brother has given me for most of my life, but it, it, it's become even truer these last few years of, he's like, why would you ever tell somebody you can't do something? Like if they, if they asked you to do it, they think you can, and then you, you do it and you meet their expectations or you don't. And then it's their fault for hiring you. <laughs> well, I, that's their lack of judgment. That's the problem, not, not your ability. So you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Very helpful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's really helpful. And it, it, it applies in probably more spaces in my life than I should apply it to, but it's, it's helpful because it's true, you know, like, yeah. So many people, and I think that's that's really that's really the case that there are a lot more writers in the world than you'll ever know about because they're they're desk drawer writers where they've got this thing and they the next step of it well one is to write it which knocks out you know you could have ten people that that want to write and you just say well okay first thing, first step is to write it and that knocks off half the people because they never get around to doing it they're all ideas and, and don't want to commit to the work of it and the heartbreak. And then, you know, from there, it's like, okay, well now finish it, (laughs) edit it, get opinions on it. So now be vulnerable with this thing that you've, you know, and and be willing to stand up for the things you believe in and, and be flexible about the things that, that you're getting feedback on. So having a a thick skin, but a flexible spine, I don't know, is that right? I don't know. So we'll workshop that one. And (laughs) And then, you know, and then finally, like, perseverance. So knowing that you have this thing and believing in it enough that you're just going to keep putting it out there, you're going to get it to as many people as you can. Um, and, and just being, you know, having that kind of confidence in yourself and which is really hard for anybody doing anything creative where you're like, yes, I'm, I fully, I believe in myself, but I don't believe other people believe in me. And, mm-hmm. and that's, what's going to be a stumbling block all the time. So you can, you can present as being really confident, but if you don't believe that other people are going to buy what you're selling, then you're just, you're counting yourself out. So there's, there's, there is something about that mantra of, of like, let, why would you tell anybody else? No, like, let they, they already said yes to you. So go with it. And it's, it's served me well to this, to this point, even if there's times where I'm just like in my car being like, okay, all right, don't, they said yes to me. They said yes to me and I say yes to me and everyone says yes. And yes, 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 yes. And you know, and then, okay, I've, I've adequately psyched myself out. Cause it's, it's, it's a little smoke and mirrors, but if it gets you to the next step, then just sure. <laughs> smoke and mirror away. <laughs> it's like that thought of being uh, like staying humble when you, you know, keep reaching those certain points. Cause just talking to you, I feel like you've, you've, and you probably met writers like this where uh, you know, they are, way too into their own 
skill and they're just it, it's 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 overblown at that point and it becomes pretentious and a little too much but if you approach it as you know being yourself and, and being humble and and being vulnerable enough to tell us about and our listeners about you know the anxiety of getting because I know how that is going somewhere super early because you're there <laughs> nothing happened I'm gonna make it it's fine like that's that's crazy you um I think I can speak for a few listeners as well who are also writers like you give us hope that you know the this next episode of a web series could be the next step to finding something that we're trying to get to you know it may not be what you're looking for but it, it might get you closer so uh yeah that's just it's it's wonderful to hear and I like the thick skin flexible spine yeah <laughs> I do that's like good. that a lot that's not, that's <laughs> you nailed it. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I because I, I do think that you're you you're you're always going to be your own worst critic and and if you can channel at least a little bit of that and be your own best champion then you're because no one else is going to do it for you and ultimately you're not if you're not happy with the journey you're not going to be happy in your destination so don't don't assume that like oh well all I have to do I'm miserable right now but all I have to do is kind of get into the room and then I'll be happy because you won't you won't be it's like you've made it to this thing. Well, well, then now what? what or unless, unless you want to stay exactly where you are, then you're always going to be looking for the next thing. So why not appreciate the steps that it takes to get you there? So I was actually just talking about this with my dad yesterday, and he he just ha- has that same kind of perspective on things that it's not that life isn't a journey. That it's he he listen. I, he's a big fan of um. There's a philosopher um, called Alan Watts. And he believes that there is like life is not a journey because that implies that it has an endpoint or it has a destination. And that if you're always just looking at the destination, then you forget to enjoy the ride as you're, as you're kind of going through. So every day should kind of just be its own little capsule of life and who you are and, and, and the path that you're taking and, and the path that you have taken that got you there. And it doesn't mean that you can't have goals and things that you want to achieve, but yeah, if you're not happy on your way to get there, then getting that thing isn't going to do it. It's, I mean, you hear the stories of people throwing their Emmys in the trash because like, what does it actually mean if that's the only thing you wanted and then you get it and you realize that like, well, okay, well, well now what am I supposed to retire? Am I supposed to like, well, no, there's the next thing and the next thing. And, And if you build it up to be this huge thing that either you get it and it's not the satisfaction you think it is, or you didn't get it, and it's not the satisfaction you think it is. So you can't, you just can't rely on on external things for that. You just, it's just kind of what you bring to it. What's the sugar talking? I don't know. I, I don't know. know. No, it's good. It's, it's good. I, we're. I feel like we're just we're, we're taking it back. I can see step step steps eyes well, are going no, back and forth. Just, what do I ask? It, what? kind of but also just processing you know I think it's you know for me personally it's why um I'm really glad that I kind of figured out what I wanted to do early on and I was able to pursue it and I'm happy in it I mean yes I would like to not be worried about my finances all the time but I also like I do it because I love it versus well I want to get here and I want to do this thing and I want to you know like I I it's like one of the one aspects of my life that I am really enjoying. And it's just nice to hear somebody else kind of say that um, and, and recognizing like, 
being grateful for each day in that way is, is really important. And not to be too Pollyanna about it, because there are some days that, that are just garbage. Sure. Just oh yeah. Garbage. And, and you're, there's days that I leave the room and I get into my car and I'm like, well, that's, that's it. Like I'm a giant dum-dum and I can't do this. And I don't know why I ever thought I could do this. And I go home and eat like way too much mac and cheese because like, <laughs> what's the point of anything. So it's right. not that you're not going to have those days as well, but if you're netting some of the better ones, like when I was teaching again, I loved that job. I loved my, I loved the kids that I taught. I loved just being silly. And it was just, it was a really, really great job, but I was a teacher and I made no money. So I also worked at Bed Bath & Beyond and I worked in the <laughs> towel room and I know how to fold a towel like you wouldn't believe. And, and that, so I didn't like, you know, that was a hard work. Retail is, is hard. And I would work a full day and then go and work at Bed Bath & Beyond and, and on every day on Sundays, I would work all day. And, but for me, like if anybody, if I'd say, oh, I don't have, I don't have work today. I would talk about that job, not my teaching job. So if it's like, oh, I don't like, Oh, you're, you're off from school. I'm like, oh no, I have, I have to go to school today, but I don't have my, I don't have the retail job today. So like that, the school job didn't was, I would never refer to that as work, even though mm-hmm. I worked harder than I've ever worked in my life, but it's because it, it fulfilled me and it made me happy. And not everybody has that luxury to have it through their career but hopefully you're finding it in your, in your creative pursuits or the things that you try to do for, for yourself that, which is why I like to then also do the novel writing that nothing may ever come of, of a second book, but it makes me happy. And it's something that, that I feel like that's a creative outlet that, that fills my cup a little bit. So, you know, and, and because I, so to relate to that, I did publish that book in 2017 and I wasn't thrilled about how the process went because Mm -hmm. it, ended up with a smaller imprint. There's a, there's a lot that kind of went with it. The, the cover art, they realized that it's long and boring and literary, but it's, it's like the cover art didn't really match what the tone of the book was. So if anybody wanted something serious and read this book, they weren't going to like it. But if they wanted something that was like lighthearted, the, they wouldn't have picked the book because the cover doesn't look like it matched the content. So, and, and some other things, just, just the way the whole thing shook out. And I was a little down about it after it all kind of came out and, and, but then like, I had to kind of sit with myself and think like, well, how would I have wanted this to go differently? Like really, 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 if you boil down to it, what did I really want? And I really wanted to have a book published and I did. So any of this other stuff was just, as they say, like expectation is the thief of joy. So if I had these other expectations of how I thought it was going to go, like, why am I letting that steal from the joy of doing the thing that I wanted to do? I loved writing it. I got it published. That was my goal. And, and while, yes, I think it could, it could have gone better in a lot of these other areas. Why am I letting that rob me from the accomplishment that I set out to do? So those are, and, and like what, so then maybe it, what, if, what, if, what if it was wildly popular and now you're locked into a contract for a second book and they're like, good, we need it six months. And like, mm-hmm. so what, what if that would have happened? And then I didn't want to write anything ever again because I was too stressed. So who knows? Or it could have been wildly popular and, and you know, I, I would have, I'd be driving around in a Maserati instead of a <laughs> 2012 has held, held together most of the spider webs on the outside right now. So I, who knows? But I also, I love my car and I park it anywhere and I don't have to worry about walking too far from a parking space because ding it away. It's more scrapes than paint. So you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, I, I think, keeping that perspective of really when you boil it down, what is the thing that you wanted? 
And did you get it? It just did it just kind of looked a little different. And can you, you know, can you still be happy with that? Now, building off of that, is there something that you enjoy, you know, outside of the the creative process and outside of writing, it could still be creative, but outside of writing, is there something that that sort of, I don't know, keeps you sane on days that are, you know, just pure garbage that you can go out and do, whether it's like taking a walk or if you're a plant aficionado, is there something else that kind of helps balance those days for you? Um, I'm, I, li- I love to run. I'm a big runner. The pandemic ate me up a little bit. It was hard mm-hmm. to feel motivated. I think when we were all in the just a general hamster cage that it just mm-hmm. felt like I love my neighborhood. I have a beautiful neighborhood for running. And, but when you do it every single day, and that's also the streets, then I would take myself out for walks and I would do it. It, it did eat up my running, but I'm starting to battle my way back um, into that. And that, that definitely keeps me sane. Just the, just exercise is really good for me. I know that I, I, I start feeling a little off if I haven't done something physical. Um, just because I think my, my tendency is to, I will sit and write, or I will sit and read, or I will, I will kind of hunker down and getting out and getting into the fresh air and, and everything is really, I, I don't love gyms. I prefer to be outside. Um, just for that, I like the variety of it. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you can see behind me. So there's a cello, oh. but I did, <laughs> that was when I was 27. I decided that my brain was atrophying. So I needed to start playing an instrument, had no idea how to play the cello, but went and started taking cello lessons. And it was me and all like eight-year-olds in these, in these classes. And (laughs) I had a recital. It was awful. And I've never been so scared in my entire life. I'm just like shaking, playing in front of like parents with like camcorders and me just being like, Oh my God. And my, my, uh, my cello teacher at the time had said, you know, like his compliment to me was, you know, you're, you're on your way to being halfway decent. And I was like, <laughs> that's so rude. I'm going to need you to break that down for yourself. Mm, but he wow. meant it with, with, with all, all compliments. And he, he really meant it. Like, I'm on my way to being halfway decent. decent. <laughs> all right. But again, it was, I mean, I showed up not knowing how to, it's a three quarter size cello. I'm really short. So it's a three quarter size cello and it's just me and moms. And they're like, well, where's your kid? And I'm like, Doo-doo-doo. and Doc's like, that was just me. So that kind of like challenging myself to do stuff. And I haven't, I haven't played in years, um, like since I've, I've moved out here. So I want to start taking lessons again for no, for no reason. Like it's not, I'm not going to play publicly <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. I could do, I could do a passable Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter and I was like, all right, it's kind of, I like, cause I told him my goal was, I walked in and, he, and he's like, you know, what are your goals for this? And I was like, I want to play ACDC's Back in Black on the cello. <laughs> and this guy's like, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm so bad at it, but that's like, it's those kinds of things that are just, I don't know. I've, it's finding like silly hobbies like that make me really happy that you don't, because it's something that I don't have any goals for this. Right. Back in black. But I have no, I have no goals. I don't, you know, and, and the challenge of going and playing a, 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 a recital, terrifying. Like I was like, should we tailgate it beforehand? Like, I don't you know. I, I can legally drink, not like these eight-year-olds. So I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was, I had to add like, what do you wear to a recital? It was wild. Um, so yeah, it was, it, those kinds of like low stakes things that challenge you, but I ultimately don't have, like my goal was just to, I love cellos. So 
why not learn to, to play it for no other reason but your own just kind of satisfaction and, and like good stories <laughs> that, that come of it. That's just, so yeah, good. Kind of keep it, keep it fresh. I just I had a flashback to when I wanted to learn Irish step dancing and I was in high school and I was a 10th grader and I had to join the like first grader class. And then I, the next year I was able to move up to like the third grade class. And then finally my senior year, I was with other kids my age, but it was, <laughs> it's like doing a dance recital where you are three times the height. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was three times, I mean, again, I'm short. So I wasn't, I mean, it was two times the height, but half the talent like <laughs> eight year olds was just like, whoo, <laughs> my parents came, my brothers came. It was, they made like they, the family leaned into this. And then my brother, oh my, my brother, Patrick, um, like recorded the whole thing. And then he then set it to Yo-Yo Ma. So it looks like I'm playing Yo-Yo Ma and and clearly I wasn't <laughs> but, but if you, I mean, revisionist history if you look back on it it really looks like I'm crushing it it's, it's so silly and it makes me really happy and I told my cello teacher and I'd asked him like what do you wear to a recital and he's like well as long, like as long as you don't wear a skirt you're probably fine given it's a cello and I said and he's this like older man he was so sweet and I was like oh well that's disappointing because I terrible so because I got underwear that on the crotch it says if you can read this I must be playing cello and he was like uh well I uh and I was like oh my god I'm gonna give this man a heart attack I'm like I'm, I'm kidding I'm, I forget I'm your only adult student I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> I'm oh god I'm gonna wear pants I'm gonna wear pants if that makes you feel better <laughs> I feel like when you pick up lessons again, you're gonna to need to find someone who's not an old man that normally teaches children. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, again, I but I kind of like that because it was also it was given what the goals were and being honest with yourself. I think that's another important aspect of setting goals is being honest and being realistic. And for me, it was like I'm an adult. I had two jobs. <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm an adult person. I have a lot of stuff going on. So no, I didn't practice this week. But I'm paying for the lessons. So if I I didn't. I didn't gain any, any skill. And I, again, still can't read the music. That's okay. You know, it's, it's like, it's because my goal is, is to enjoy this and, and to, and to, you know, have fun with it and annoy my neighbors. Like what, what else could you want out of life really? Is it possible to play careless whisper on the cello? <laughs> oh, my friend, we're going to find out. <laughs> on the list. <laughs> That's so like, that might be the new one going in. Oh, think like what's a song that you could play for your neighbors, you know, during the evening, maybe during the day that wouldn't <laughs> set them off, but they'd be like, you know what, let's go with this. Oh, I, I don't know where this night's headed. <laughs> the way I play it, it'll set anybody off. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> but I mean, even you know, even doing terrible things with great enthusiasm gets gets you somewhere. <laughs> That's why I've always said that. Like I'm not, cause my brother, my brother Patrick is a, he's a photographer and he does photography on like set photography. And he's, but even when he's through photography school and stuff, he'd be like, well, I need like a model to do stuff. And I am not a model. I don't, I, I, I appreciate myself and, and all of that, but I'm not photogenic. So, but I'm just a good sport. So he'd be like, all right, well, I need you to climb this tree and like, hang down and I'm going to put this over your face. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. That sounds, that sounds great. <laughs> Just a good sport. I don't know. <laughs> or 
brother asks me to do it, I'll do it. <laughs> just just enthusiastic, if, if not capable. It'll, it'll get you far, right? It'll get you far. <laughs> Farther than you think. Farther than you should be. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You've oh. given us so many so many stories and in in like the next question it it pertains to everything we talked about too but you've given us so many stories but we usually ask our guests do you have a party story that you like to tell you know people at like a holiday party or something of maybe a, a a day of work that really stood out or something just crazy happened or something in your personal life like do you have a story that you will always tell for the rest of your life Ooh, I mean Yes, I'm trying to think of what's appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> oh, this podcast is E for explicit. So, oh man, I mean, I, I guess the 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 great part about being a writer, and it, and I'm pretty much an optimist, is that like even even bad days are good days if you can get a good story out of it. So, I definitely I mean I have stories. Oh, this is I mean a lot of them come from like my teaching days. Oh, this, I mean, this is terrible. I don't know how you feel about stories that involve poop, but. Oh, oh. bring it on. Yeah, bring line it on. us up. Oh, then, then I got, how much time do we have left? So <laughs> I was teaching fifth grade and um, the kids all come back from recess and like it, it's middle school and it's just like, it's a weird time for everybody. And it's spring of middle school. So these fifth graders are kind of like sixth graders at this point. And it's like, everyone smells like hot pennies. I'm just constantly freezing. They walk in and it'd be like, they just knew to like put their hands up and I'd spray them with Lysol. They smell awful. So everybody comes in, they're sitting down and I'm trying to teach this lesson. And I was like, oh, oh no. Like that's different from normal middle school smell. Like somebody stepped in poop for sure. So I'm trying to be like casual about it. And I, you know, I, I walk over to like kid, I'm like leaning down to help like, okay, let me check your math. Okay. You seem good. And moving on and on. And then I find the kid. And I was like, okay, well, let me like take him out into the hallway. I don't want to embarrass him. So we got into the hallway and I was like, you know, and he's, he's like, he already knows. So he's kind of like avoiding eye contact and he's like, like hand like behind his back. And he's like really nervous. And I was like, buddy, like, did you step in dog poop? And he's like, no, step in it. No. <laughs> and I was like, and then it was kind of like dog poop. No. It's <laughs> like, oh, honey, did you poop your pants? And he's like, I, this is the best part. He's just like, I may have pooped my pants. I may have. I will neither confirm nor deny. And I was like, okay, well, if you, if you did poop your pants, I can get like, I'll, I'll get the, we'll we can get you to the nurse. We'll get you like a new set of clothes. And he's like, he's like, okay, well, and I was like, I can go in and, and grab him. He's like, I, I, well, I, I may have taken it out. Like, what do, what do you mean? Took what out? I was like, the poop? <laughs> it's like, I, I may have taken it out. And I was like, well, where did you put it? I may have put it in my backpack. Oh, oh okay. And again, I'm trying to like, uh, this is, this is a defining moment for this child. <laughs> he will remember, he will remember this his whole life. So I was like, okay, I will go and get your backpack and now I'm realizing that as he's doing this with his hands it's because there's poop all over his hands and he's like I was like I'm gonna go and get don't touch anything I'm gonna go and get your backpack and, and as I'm walking in he's like you may also want to get my windbreaker 
okay. <laughs> so backpack full of poop, windbreaker full of poop. <laughs> out again, this is not free. This is fifth grade. So the, there was like one male teacher that we had that worked in like our department and the poor man just happened to be walking by. And I was like, you, <laughs> you need to take our friend to the nurse. And he's like, oh, okay. And he goes to like, you know, do like a friendly pat. I was like, you may <laughs> not <laughs> want to touch him <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> so he goes to the nurse. He eventually comes back. And then all the kids were like, why is he wearing white? Like now the whole classroom kind of smells like poop. And we're like, why? I was like, well, he, he stepped in dog poop. You know, it, it happens. They're like, well, why is he wearing different pants? Like, oh, you like little Sherlock. The, the, half these kids were like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't pay attention to anything I'm doing, but they are laser focused on a kid that sort of smelled like poop and now is wearing sweatpants. And I was like, well, you know, he had on a shoe and then you put your leg on, you know, like he sat cross-legged and got it on his pants. I mean, I'm just, if there was any doubt I was supposed to be a writer at some point. It was just kind of like, I was moving and shaking telling lies left and right and this kid for like the rest of the year was I mean I just because then everyone's talking about like how irresponsible people are for not picking up their dog poop and goes uh-huh. in the school training and then then from then on it was like we were we were we were best friends but it was the the hands I uh, may uh, have put it in my backpack and my windbreaker <laughs> Oh man, just panic, just just pure panic, and was like, "What choice do I have?" Right, so many, right. I mean, so many choices, but like, and it wasn't even me. like, "I'll run to the bathroom and dump it in the toilet." Like, it the the, the panic superseded any form oh, of logic. I, I mean, any form of logic. I mean, I'm sure this was like this is the best plan I've ever had. This is <laughs> this is genius. No one will ever know that I have a backpack full of poop. There was another kid, since we're on poop story, you can, you don't have to do both of these stories. Yeah, we're doing both of them. Oh, we're doing both of them. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> One of the kids, this is preschool, and we're all in the cubbies. We're waiting for, um, the kids are going to go outside. And, and one of the kids goes in the bathroom and he comes back out and he looks dazed. Like he has, he has had a vision and all the other kids are like, what is going on? And he was like, guys, I'm a magician. Okay. And the kids are like, what? And he's like, <laughs> I farted and my underwear turned brown. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm with my co-teacher and all the kids were like, let me see it. And he's like, all right. <laughs> so that was when we had to explain to a room full of preschoolers what a shark was. <laughs> But we also didn't want to rob him of magic. Like here he was, like he had some special power and you don't want to crush that. But at the same time, we can't have kids sharting all over the place. It's <laughs> 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 like 10 times worse than, you know, like the, the Tide Pod Thing that was trending yes what if sharding yes. started to trend in middle school, oh. elementary school? no oh don't goodness. say it out loud it's oh, gonna no. happen oh no <laughs> oh it was it was unbelievable 
But also believe again. So if you're having a bad day teaching preschool, then you're doing it wrong. This is the stuff that just happens. Yeah. Oh my god. Poop <laughs> stories. And again, that's uh, what preschoolers are. I mean, you tell this story to preschoolers, and they think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> comedy, comedy is comedy. <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, you've also given us lots of lovely tidbits throughout the past hour, um, but do you have a succinct word of advice or, or life lesson that you carry with you that you would like to share with our listeners? Hmm. I mean, I, I would say if you are, if you're interested in, in a creative pursuit, the only way to do it is to do it. I mean, it's, it's no one is going to do it for you. And while there is a lot of luck that gets involved with the, you know, the, the getting to the goal that you want, you can't control that part. So control what you can control and, and do the work. And it's because you are going to, you're, you're always going to be ahead of the people that gave up. So even if you don't feel like you're as far as you want to be, you're still doing the thing. And even though that's really frustrating and, and it can feel like it's a never ending process, it's, it's the only way to get to it. Because if your opportunity comes up, you gotta be ready. And it's, it's like, even if you end up in this great meeting and you've got your pitch and it's like, we love it. What else do you got? Because like, that was just a great intro to you. So now what's the thing? Like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the thing. I only prepared the one thing. And I, I thought I didn't know we had the test today. So I think just, just yeah, doing, just doing the work and, and keep at it even when it feels like you know, you're, you're getting passed by, you're not because there's people that stopped a long, long before you got to this point. Love that. I love that. Especially now po post pandemic, <laughs> please keep it's, being creative. <laughs> hard. I mean, that, that's not to take away from that. It's hard. It's been, I had a really hard time during the pandemic. I'm, I'm the, like I said, I love reading and I couldn't, I didn't read a book for two years on a year and a half through most of the pandemic because I couldn't, I couldn't settle. I couldn't feel like I, cause most of the time I felt like I should be doing something else. I have this time. I should be writing. I should be creating. I should be doing. And so I couldn't, so I, by the end of the day, I didn't read or do those other things or clean. It was, everything was just in this weird state of flux and half done. And, but, but be gentle with yourself. It's a global pandemic. And that doesn't mean that, that, you get to stay in that state forever. At some point, you gotta kind of shake yourself out of it if, if you're able to. But you know, get help if you can't, and rely on, on on people who are doing a little bit better than you. Don't don't be afraid to reach out for help with it, creative help, or setting deadlines for yourself, or saying to somebody like, "I'm going to give you ten pages in in six weeks," or whatever it happens to be. So we have to kind of manufacture motivation sometimes, and that's also okay, even if you're not feeling it. But also, don't beat yourself up. But don't give yourself too many excuses. That's what know, the uh, <laughs> well. That's what the God. What was the drink you had? Your yerba mate. Your yerba mate. Oh, yerba oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the the manufactured motivation, right? It's panic and it's stress and fear, but it's motivation. Yes, but you should have you should have more decaf vanilla latte days than you have yerba mate days. <laughs> yes. So if you, if you balance that out, then then yes, I think I think you're going to be all right. But yeah, it, it is walking that. It's, it's walking that line between being gentle with yourself and being understanding and not beating yourself up, but also not overcorrecting and using that as an excuse to not get stuff done. 
we all we all have those days where it feels insurmountable and sometimes you got to lean into the mope and just be you know sad about it or frustrated or whatever but then you gotta you gotta pick yourself up and and keep going with it as best you can and have you, know, you we, this is go ahead Tyler sorry. no 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 you go ahead because I know you've got I, something it's good just, this is reminding <laughs> me of you know about noodle the dog no oh my god he's a 12 or 13 year old pug and his owner like he's gotten super popular bones, on social media the bones, no bones the bones dog bones no bones it's just so it's so good it's so good it's so good oh yeah <laughs> So stupid. You no, know, I should do it with my dog, Snaggle Tooth or No Snaggle Tooth, because there's some people <laughs> wake up where, like he looked like he like, just slept hard, and it's just like like beard and tooth, and just like that's I guess we're all doing Snaggle Tooth and beard today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and other days he's like, let's do it. I'm ready to rock. It's so good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like those are like. Because I, I, I do, especially living in, in LA and, and maybe some, that's where your listeners are, it's because this, it's a weird place. And right now we're getting some, some weather, which is nice, but it's because it's so sunny and it, then it, always, it makes you feel even more like a piece of shit when you don't go out and do stuff. But there are some, like you have to, that's also part of the manufacturing process of you have to kind of manufacture your own reality and not like, okay, it's sunny today, but it's raining it's raining. And I, I've heard that um, uh, Guillermo del Toro has a rain room in his house, in his yeah. attic, that it like looks like a creepy attic and he flips a button and it, the windows are like dark and there's rain and it, and it thunders. I mean, that's manufacturing a mood. And that's you don't amazing. all have del Toro money, but you know, <laughs> put a hose on your windows or whatever you have to do if that's what it takes. But, but I think it, it, it's the, you have to sometimes build, build in these kinds of breaks for yourself so that you don't you don't always have to feel like while the hustle is important it's if it if it's diminishing returns if now you're just so in your own head about it or it's, it's sometimes it's helpful to just take a step back and that step back may be working on something else so if you know you're somebody that if you hit the brakes you stop for good maybe that's not great for you but it could be all right I'm done with this project I'm not looking at it again I'm not thinking about it again for however long I need to I'm going to work on this other thing that's just for fun I'm going to do writing prompts for you know, an, an hour. And if I hate it, then I'll stop for the day or whatever. But if you need to keep the momentum, that's fine. But sometimes you just have to change lanes for a little bit. I think you just unlocked the new social media trend or whatever the TikTokers are doing, where you put a hose over your window, hose turn it on, and then you like sit, hashtag Del Toro money. It's a Del Toro. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we, we've talked a lot about, you know, your career with It's Always Sunny and and Mythic Quest, and, and obviously your, your novels, which, can I mention what the novel was, the title of it? Can I, sure. can I, can I say, okay. Is it the one they called uh, the, the Things They've Taken? I wrote it down earlier today. Yep. That's the one, right? Okay. Yeah. Because I ordered it on Kindle, so I'm going to read it and it's check it out. Kindle. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you'd like us to promote uh, for this episode? Um. I mean, my brain immediately went to like, oh God, is there like a cause I should have? Because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell, I'm assuming I can't tell another poop story. So, <laughs> I mean, not not for me personally. I mean, obviously, I, I'm immensely proud of Mythic Quest and, and we did get picked up for two seasons. So we're season three and four, which is also helpful just in the writer's room. I know I'm really, I'm really 
happy and, and excited. excited. Little like quirky show about video games, but not about video games. Um, I wouldn't say anything for me personally. I think it's it's you know I'm I'm still also figuring out the the next thing. I'm just I don't, I'm I'm just really happy that you found me and invited me to to come on. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, this is something we we should we probably should promote. Where do you get your decaf iced vanilla lattes? Should we promote oh. wherever that's from? Well, yes. Um, there is. A really great place that is near me that is the um coffee conservatory that oh, wow. i really like um and that's in la i will i will go to starbucks only because i'm like well you know if you're just if you're gonna be a basic bitch be a basic bitch <laughs> right and, and that just feels again just because that's like that's what the, like the cool girls on instagram have and they've got all kinds of rings <laughs> and bracelets and i don't i don't have <laughs> but i can have the real so um <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a, like, there's so many, I live in, in, um, like in the LA area and there's so many great independent coffee places. There's the, yeah, there's just, it's, it's, it's support your local independent coffee shop. Yeah. But we're going to bleep out Starbucks so that they don't get any credit. <laughs> I, yes. If you could, if we could, we'll just re-record that. Support your local coffee establishment. <laughs> means. Because more and more, it used to be only the big chains that had decaf espresso because mm-hmm. any other independent coffee place were like, the what in the what? <laughs> Why would you, mm-hmm. you know, like, like when a German shepherd is trying to understand what you're saying and like the head, a decaf espresso. I don't, <laughs> none, of, none of those, those are words individually, but together they make no sense. But now I, I think I'm not the only, I don't think I'm the only one anymore. <laughs> so mm-hmm. more, more local independent places have, have started to to do it <laughs> well it, we we're we're crazy thankful that that one you yeah. agreed to come on and that you you decided to you know give some of your time to us because it is it, this is a podcast that is about arts workers for, of all levels you know whether we're working uh beginning of our career whether we're midway through it or you know there's veterans and you know film theater tv it's just it's it's so cool to talk to somebody who's especially working in like TV and film and didn't even really mean to drop into that. That's just, your journey is just fantastic. Um, I would read your memoir. Uh, yeah, we, we're crazy thankful for it. And honestly, I hope we can, we can get you back, you know, after you guys are done, you know, writing at least the rest of season three for Mythic Quest and you know, a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before we uh, before we head out, we have a couple things that we have to do spiel wise, and then we have a fun little uh, little improv game to play at the very end if you're up for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's my cue to say the things that I'm supposed to say now. Um, <laughs> listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us uh, yet again. We just really appreciate you guys. Um, we we love doing this, and and so we're happy to have people who like listening to us do this. Um, if you wouldn't mind, please continue to uh, like us on all social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at PWRP Podcast. We um, also are on all podcast platforms um, and we, any kind of subscriptions, ratings, all that kind of stuff really helps um, get the word out and then share us with all your friends and family. And uh, if you leave us a really nice review, like a really nice one, or at least five stars, uh, let us know and we can send you a free sticker as a thank you. Um, And you just email us at pwrp.pod at gmail. 
for um for that info yeah Woo-hoo. that was awesome that's great uh i get the easy part uh yeah. if you guys would like to come onto the show and share your story we would love to have you uh well i would love to have you because steph is is working and i just i pour beer for a living hey, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> Uh, if you would like to be a part of the show and come on as a guest, uh, please email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you right away. And also, Miss Katie, you are getting a thank you card and a sticker as well. Yes. So we will uh, we'll contact you through email to see if we can get an address to send that fun stuff mail. over. Yeah, mail. I know, it's <laughs> the best. It's the best. <laughs> we could try putting it in like a different colored envelope too. So then you really know like this is it. <laughs> <laughs> like as a kid, you get mail and you love getting like birthday it was always birthday cards or things yeah. like that and then you get older and then it's just bills but now on paperless for the most part so then you don't get anything yeah. like, well, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know so mail this is exciting mail that'd be exciting <laughs> we need that as a shirt just pdrp and then mail on the back mail. uh <laughs> so for the last part of our episodes we like to do something called the awkward goodbye where i'll do the wayne's world silent countdown and when i point you can give us a verbal awkward goodbye uh preferably verbal because our listeners will be able to see it but just uh-huh. get get weird with it get real awkward <laughs> I mean, what i mean i've known i've been known for an awkward goodbye on several occasions but usually not intentionally so you probably could have just said say goodbye and it would have been awkward. Uh, there you that's oh, fair <laughs> damn it all right okay we're gonna how, scratch I mean, all that how awkward are we talking i mean middle school awkward like i hid something in my backpack awkward you know like just just, just let's all, we'll I all may. go back yeah. <laughs> need to say goodbye i have now. enjoyed my time on this podcast and i may put that sticker on my backpack yeah <laughs> Oh, All right. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Oh, wait. I did it wrong. Damn it. Left hand. <laughs> you did it wrong. You did it wrong. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right. And. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.